Crocio, and welcome back to Cardiff Referee Society's January podcast. This month's guest speaker is Phil Thomas. Phil's refereeing career, reputation, and list of honours speak for themselves. To those of you that don't know Phil, he served as a FIFA assistant referee for over 10 years and officiated in high-profile games in Wales and across Europe. Phil is now the FAW's referees manager and UEFA matchday delegate. The podcast begins with the vice chair, Mike Pedler, welcoming Phil to the meeting. Okay, guys, tonight we got our very own national referees manager, Phil Thomas. I've known Phil for a couple of years. I just want to tell you a little story, which you may or may not know. I don't have any room at this point, Mike. I'm a bit worried. This is fine. No, no, it's fine. A few years ago, Phil then a international. He might even cover this somewhere. Um, he did an international England versus the Republic of Ireland, yeah. wasn't it? And so it was like midweek at Wembley, full house, 80, 80,000 yeah. plus. And um, there's me the following Saturday. I think it was the following Saturday, maybe the Saturday after. I was doing a middle at Penrith Kyber in the Welsh League. And uh, one reason or another, assistant cried off and they're short of assistance. Phil had closed the date off. And uh, he heard obviously the uh, assistant short, and because he was quite local to Phil, because that's Phil's neck of the woods. I think you had, I think it was a wedding party or a birthday party on the Saturday, and you closed the date off. Yeah, I believe so. And yeah. um, I remember it well. Phil said, "Oh, Mike, I'll help you out." And I was like, "Oh, nice one, Phil." So he's gone from Wembley on a on a Wednesday night in the Republic of Ireland to Penrith Kyber in like ten days. Yeah. So he's gone up there, down there. And uh, I always remember him telling me at half time, there was this bloke behind him giving him grief, and he said, Oh, fair news, Lino, is this your first game at this level? Is it? And Phil was like, Yeah, he's actually yeah. <laughs> So I was learning. <laughs> my motto is always be the best you can at the level you're, you're officiating at. So obviously, Phil's up there, and he's come down to Henry Kyber 10 days later and done, done a top job. He's here to give uh, his words of wisdom tonight. Phil, the floor is all yours. Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, and I think it is important. Like, you know, it's about. I've always had the philosophy: no matter how high you get in refereeing or life in general, it's about never forgetting where you started and always putting something back into the game, whether or not it's refereeing or when you finish refereeing as an observer or coach, etc. Um, I was a little bit worried when I'm in emailed me the other day to say, Phil, any objections to recording tonight's session? Probably, well, at least two reasons for that. Number one is obviously with the Valley's accent. I thought that we may need a translator <laughs> for tonight. Secondly, <coughs> I normally don't like being recorded or films for security reasons. It's social security. Because um, if they find out I'm <laughs> I may actually um, <clears throat> get struck off. No, I'm only joking, by the way, on that one, okay? Um, <clears throat> yeah. The one thing I don't like doing is speaking about myself or talking about myself. So nothing tonight will be about me. It's going to be all about you guys, okay? It's going to be interactive. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be around, if, if, if time permits, um, challenges and handball. So I think they are probably the two, the two aspects of a game 
but um, you know, but that affects us more on a weekly basis. We judge in them challenges. I mean, it's really important that we know how to differentiate between careless, reckless, and serious foul play, and then handball. Handball can be a minefield. So I'm hoping that we can give a little bit of understanding. And it, you know, it's quite funny with handball, but I mean, every match you watch on TV, every pundit has got a different interpretation of handball. So it's important that we know as referees, um, you know, I mean, the interpretation of the, the criteria for handball. And with challenges, I think it's really important that when we're on the field of play on a Saturday or Sunday and we're cautioning, um, or sending off players for challenges that we know the criteria and we can explain the decision to players. You know I mean, I think the days have gone that way, we can just say to a player, caution you, what's up for reference sporting behaviour? You know, we, we need to know that, you know I mean, it's, it was a yellow card because it was a stamp on the foot. You know I mean, that is what a cautionable offence is. Or it was a serious foul play because it was a straight leg stud showing, which means the leg has been used um, as a weapon rather than a tool, and contact is above the foot. So it's little things like that that we need to know to explain. But I'm very pr proud referees manager, and I'm very proud of the Welsh domestic league, and but I'm not going from grassroots up. Like, Before so we move on to talking about challenges, just want to touch upon just some feedback from you guys of what do you think when we walk onto our field of play, whether you're a referee or an assistant referee or even an observer, maybe, is probably the most or one of the most important attributes we have when we walk on the field of play. So, anybody? Respect. Um, I don't think... I, I don't think of respect as an attribute you can have yourself. You gain respect, but I don't think, I don't think that's an actual attribute that you can take on the field of play. Knowledge. Knowledge is, is one. But when you're refereeing that game of football, of course you need knowledge. You need knowledge of the laws of the game. Without that, obviously, um, refereeing doesn't work. But for me, there's one... Yeah, being consistent, but there's something sort of more encompassing around being consistent. Awareness. That's the one I'm looking for. Awareness. I think without awareness, you can have all the knowledge, all the consistency, um, but without awareness, for me, it's just refereeing doesn't work because you need to be aware of not just what's in front of you, but almost as referees, I think as referees, we almost like sort of chess players or snooker players where we think in probably two shots ahead, if that makes sense. And we're always thinking, like, what's happened and what's going to happen? And that's all about awareness and what's, what's going on around you. Just what criteria or considerations do we use when judging challenges? So when we're looking at the challenge, how do we judge that challenge? What criteria do we use? Okay, throw one at me. Just one, just uh, one. Point of contact. 
point of contact. Yeah. Yeah, so like probably um, sort, of, sort of directional feet then. Yeah. Directional feet and maybe use the studs or yeah. not use the studs. Intensity, body position. Yeah. So intensity or what's, what we sort of link in with intensity would be speed. Speed, yeah. speed as well. So it'd be speed and intensity on that side of it. Temperature of the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think temperature of the game would come into it when actually just judging the challenge because if it's a reckless challenge, it's a reckless challenge, irrelevant of the temperature of, of the game. So looking more specifically around the sort of the judgment of the challenge itself. So really just looking looking for two more really. Uh, so this is chance field, so whether it's like a delighted goal scoring opportunity. Um, not when it comes to a challenge, that would be if you um, differentiate yeah, in yeah. between stopping a promise and attack or you might not have a score score an opportunity, but not for a challenge because yeah. if, if, for example, somebody came in with a straight leg and took somebody out, I, knee, I, I won't do it, I promise. <laughs> I knee, so the knee height with a straight leg, mm. that wouldn't matter if it's in the defensive box or yeah. the attacking box. It'd still be a red card, yeah. red card offence. Mm -hmm. So I know somebody, because so you, you, you had... A you, you once Go to, go to your four five down. Chance of playing the ball. Well, well done, correct, yeah. So chance of playing the ball is, is quite high up there when you're judging a challenge. If there's zero chance of playing the ball, the likelihood is it's going to result in a minimum of a caution. Because if, you know, at the end of the day, that's why players are on the field of play when they tackle, is to try to win the ball. And if they've got no chance of winning the ball, then you ask the question, what was their intent? Mm. I don't know. Um, if any of you do this, but you know, it's certainly something I've always promoted, is that you know, if you guys are refereeing in the same league, let's say the Cardiff and District League, how many of you actually look at the appointments and go, oh, Tegid refereed AFC Splot last week. Um, Michelle, you were refereeing on this week. How many of you actually pick up a phone and ring Tegid and say, Tegan and referee and Splot this week, you refereed him last week. <coughs> is there any sort of problem players? Was there a coaching staff like? Was there a style of football like? Is there anything I need to know? And, and it does, it helps massively. Um, it's not preempting, it's preparing, which is completely different. And it's important to our phone and yeah. speak to your colleagues because. Things can change over a couple of months. Could be a new manager that's come in, has changed the style, maybe changed the whole philosophy of the club, mentality of the players. And I think it's good to have, like I say, it's not preempting, it's just, it's just that about that, that preparation of, you know, I mean, the, <laughs> the one team has got a big number nine who, um, who's. I mean, big play the ball up to him, and he tends to use elbows a lot. So it just makes you mindful, and probably sometimes as well can help with your positioning. Maybe you'd think about adjusting your positioning on that day. So it just gives you that, that preparation. Now it's important to know your players. I think the higher you go, the easier it is because you 
you get to referee the same teams more often, but certainly um, from a preparation perspective, it's important. So the considerations that I would uh, that I would use when we're judging challenges on the field of places, element of intent or malice, chance of play the ball, speed, intensity, direction of feet and use of studs, and one that nobody threw at me was endangering the safety of the opponent. So they're the ones we look at. So when we see a challenge, we should, and it's the same with anything that happens on the field of play, what we should be doing is more or less using the checklist so in our heads, and believe it or not, the more experience you get, the more you do this subconsciously without even knowing you're doing it. So you will see a challenge and in your head you go in, intent or malice, no. Chance of playing ball, yes. Speed, intensity, no, not really, quite low speed. Direction of feet, use of studs, the foot was closed, contact was low. Um, endangering the safety of opponent, no. So, you know, you've gone through that checklist and you're more, you've already told yourself this is a careless challenge, so it's going to be a free kick only. I mean, if obviously you're ticking um, <coughs> at least three of them, you know you're more or less looking at the caution, direction of feet, use of studs, it was a straight leg, contact was above the foot, was it endangering the safety of the opponent? Yes. That's when we already got that sort of focus and mindset for that is going to be a red card and a sending off. So it's always good to have these, these checklists when we go into a game. And it's important we give ourselves time to think hard or quick and diffuse situations. I would say probably 90% of the time it can work on times, but probably 90% of the time if the opposing players decide they want retribution for their mate who's on the floor. They'll do that whether or not you've got a card in your hand or not. It's, it's always good to take your time and then <coughs> go through the checklist to establish if it's if you think it's careless, reckless or serious foul play. So what we're gonna do, we, we're gonna watch a clip and then what I wanted to do then is to make as soon as the clip finishes, is to make an instant decision. Whether it's, if it's no card, you do nothing. Obviously, if it's a yellow card, you show yellow. If you think it's red, you show red. And then at one, do I just ask one of you just to give an explanation of why it's that color card or no card? In this part of the meeting, a few clips were shown to help with the thought processes of the referee. Two of the clips will be discussed to give you, the listener, an idea about the expectations on a referee in dealing with the challenges. So here goes. In the clip, a long ball is played by the red attacking team. The, bo the ball is played down the touchline and the fullback in yellow runs across to meet the ball and to close the attacker down. The defender decides to reach the ball first by sliding and he successfully clears the ball out of play. The foot of the defender, however, that he used to clear the ball makes contact with the attacker around the ankle area. At first glance, it looks like a good clearance by the defender, a typical challenge that you would see on the parks. So we got one yellow, 
and five, lots, lots of no, lots of no cards. No, yeah. no. Does anyone change your mind? I'll at least the yellow for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is a reckless, it's a reckless challenge. And you're right. It's on the follow through. Yeah. I think what saves it, what saves it from not being a red, is two things. One, direction of feet and use of studs. The foot is almost bent, so the contact is almost with the side of the foot. And the second thing is the leg. It's a bent leg, which means it's not being used as a weapon on that side of things. So that's why I say that. But this, I mean, when when you slide it into a challenge of that distance, you know, I mean, there's you haven't necessarily got the speed, but what you've got there is a lack of control as well. So, I mean, he's running that risk. Then of where if he wins the ball or makes contact with the player, and when he makes contact with the player, that's when it's a lot driven of where he makes contact. And I was going to say that uh, that's looking at the second time. First time, I thought no, nothing in there. Second time, yeah, okay, clear. It is. Uh, I think in the on the parks, the problem is that the players say, "Oh, that's a good tackle. I, I, I won the ball." But then it's like you've endangered the safety of the opponent. You're not in control. Yeah. You know, and you and you cause that contact. So therefore, it's yeah, a, it's a it's a foul, and it's also yeah, young. yeah, and it is difficult. I mean, mm -hmm. you you yeah. correct in in parks football. Um, I mean, you will get more physicality. I mean, you're probably more likely to get this sort of challenge, and then the red player want to punch the yellow player. <laughs> um, but at the same time. It doesn't matter whether it's Champions League, Cymru Premier or Cardiff and District Football League as referees. For me, one of our main jobs is to protect players and you know, the best way we can protect players is not to accept challenges <coughs> like this irrelevant of what level of football because probably what you find happens is that once you let one go, it just escalates, and then all of a sudden you, you've just opened up this massive can of worms, and it's hard then to pull that game back. And then when you do show caution, eventually, I mean, you, you, you're probably not consistent with what you have in the caution for early on in the game. So, so be careful. And I agree with, I mean, your first caution in a match, I mean, it is. Is I mean it's probably one of the most important um, one of the important <coughs> cautions or or um, actions you, you take during that game. But what I'd say is when you select in your first caution, is just make sure it's worthy. You know I mean? The next clip takes place near the halfway line, and two opposing players are in close proximity. The ball is passed to one of the players and the other player attempts to make a challenge but is late and stamps on the opposing player's foot. Okay, any sort of what we class as a, as, as a stamping motion onto the player's foot must, must result in a caution. It must. I think perhaps years ago this might have been a red card. Might have been because of, of, of the motion, it's, it's almost like a stamp 
on the front. But what, what UEFA, I mean, UEFA did a lot of research into these challenges, and what they said is that basically any stamp on the foot must result in a yellow card only because the foot is probably the most protected part of the players. Mm. Certainly lower half. I mean, you, you, you've got the boot and the, 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 the foot is more robust as well, it's more flexible. It's less likely to cause injury than if a contact is made with the studs anywhere above, above the foot. So, yellow card, reckless challenge, yeah? In the next clip, an attacker is running at speed along the touchline to make contact with a fast-moving ball. The defender runs across at speed, lunges at the attacker with two feet off the ground. The challenge is late and the defender misses the ball and wraps his leg around the attacker's leg. The challenge can only be described as an old-fashioned wipeout. Is this somewhere that we have said that if the foot is actually in the ground could be actually a red because it could actually break his leg even if there's no contact? This, this, can anybody sort of tell me what phrase or terminology would, we would use for this type of Sapper. challenge? Sapper, never control. Stop with a promising attack. <coughs> stop, stop with a promising attack. He's misdiagnosed. 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 He's He's yeah. Control. Chance of playing ball. No, no, no. Malice. Yeah. Yeah. No. He, yeah. He he's just a wrong player. Well, okay. Because he wants to take the player. He's a footballer as well as the ball. Right. When you are diving into a challenge or jumping into a challenge from that distance, do you know you're going to win the ball, or do you do you know there's a high chance you're going to win the ball? Or is it a bit of a sort of toss the coin? It's a gamble, you know, toss the coin. The player is faster than you, you're not going to take him out, is it? Both feet are off the floor, so there's no control. Ask a question, is he endangering the safety of the opponent? Of course. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So, especially, that's still, now the ball is gone. Right. So what happens to the the player in black is right foot or leg? 
Yes, yes. So, so we class this as a, as, as a scissors. It's a scissors challenge. And these are probably the most dangerous challenges on the field of play. Maybe these are more likely to cause injury than any other challenge. Because what happens, that right leg gets trapped. That player comes through. The foot is <clears throat> sort of cemented to the ground. And what happens is it just snaps. Just snaps the, 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 the leg. These are extremely dangerous challenges and should result in a red card. Is it Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Have any general questions for me in regarding to maybe structure, comet, FAW, um, just anything at all? Uh, will there be um, sin bins next season? It's something we're exploring mm. at this moment in time. It was discussed, um, it's something, I'll be honest with you, it's something I want to introduce at the area association level and throughout Wales. It was discussed at our last meeting and it's going to be discussed at the next one with a possible, well, hopeful implementation, hopefully. So, um, do you think it'll be positive? Well, I know over in England, like a lot of the area associations are running sessions. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's that added added level of uh, administration for the referee. So, if you sin been a player for descent only only for descent, yes, then uh, if they get the second sin bin, it's like okay, what well, another instant descent and it's and they sent off. It's it's, it's going to take a while and like. Keeping time, you're off at so many minutes. You gotta keep the time. The timing with Simbins is not, it's, it's not sort of stringent. Mm -hmm. If I may say, it's not like rugby where it has to be exactly yeah. ten minutes and be back I on. Think the player will be telling you how long it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's quite interesting because somebody said to me the other day that he knows a rugby referee um, in, in the lower leagues, and he says that when a player Simbins, every time. One of his teammates asks how long has he got left, he adds a minute on, and he said his record so far is 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which at the end of the day, the referee is the sole timekeeper. <laughs> I mean, so if it's, if it's 11 minutes, it's 11 minutes. And I know that a girl in the office plays for Cardiff City Women, they played before Christmas. It was 10 minutes score, they made a substitution within two minutes. Last substitute, um, sort of gave dissent by word to the referee and was simbined. They were one and up at the time. They conceded two goals in that last ten minutes while she was off the field of play. Who do you think was getting the abuse on the final whistle of the referee or the uh, player? I the player. Yeah. 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 So it does have that desired effect where it punishes teams by going down to. <laughs> so, so sure. yeah, watch, watch this space. Yeah. Watch this space. Well, why just descent though? Why not maybe some minor fouls or something? Which... Because descent is the only cautionable offence for questions of referee's authority. Mm -hmm. Everything else is pretty much black and white. Mm -hmm. So, a reckless challenge, holding. So, I think descent is the, the biggest problem. When they did the pilot in England, um, it was on the back of the 16th, 17th season where there was something like 
75,000 quotients of grassroots level, 25% of them were for dissent. And when you think the seven cautionable offences, for one of them to take up a quarter of all cautionable offences, or cautions is a lot. And, and it's made a significant difference um, across the bridge when it comes to respect match day behaviour. And I think the most that's ever been um, Simbins is three in at one time, so far. Well, he's going to come to Wales and I bet we'll break that record. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing would surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyone else? No. no. Phil. Thank you. So it's a pleasure to have the uh, National Referees Manager. Wait, wait, give, us a, give, us a, give us a talk and a speech and enlighten us. We've come to the end of the podcast and thank you, Diachovao Yaun, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. To find out more about the Cardiff Referee Society, then please visit our website at cardiffreferees.org.uk or to get more podcasts, then go to the website anchor.fm forward slash the ref channel or search for us on Spotify the ref channel or one word until next time hoyo vowel